Nature surrounds us with its beauty and inspires us with its uniqueness. And trees, their importance and value is undeniable. They are an important part of our lives, providing a natural element to outdoors and a habitat for wildlife and animals and insects, both large and small. They call it home. In Georgia, the live oak stands tall and strong and her beauty is one of the attractions that leaves visitors from around the world in awe. How much do you know about this grand tree? Well, here on Quarter Miles Travel, the live oak shares her story. It's Quarter Miles Travel, where the adventure begins when you reach into your pocket. There's a story behind every quarter design, a story that can take you on an adventure of your own. From one-of-a-kind landmarks to hometown heroes, start your journey with Anita, one quarter mile at a time. Life is meant to be. Trees. Oh yes, they are an important part of our communities, our forests, and all of the great outdoors. On the reverse side of the Georgia State Quarter, there are sprigs surrounding the embossed state outline, which also has a peach in the center. And those sprigs are from the live oak tree. This magnificent tree can be seen around the Georgia coast. The moss draped tree has inspired many poems, as well as some tall tales. It is elegant in its grandeur, but also mysterious in the many gnarly limbs reaching out like an old hand, gently touching the wind, stretching from the ground and reaching to the sky. It's truly a symbol of the South. Yesterday and today, it is still the tree which brings value to not only property, but also people's lives. Mike Palvis with the Asaba Consulting an arborist who loves, 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 loves trees and can tell us all about the live oak, joins me for a lifty conversation where we talk about the Georgia live oak. I start by asking him to tell us what does the Asaba Consulting Company do? It is a, a boriculture urban forestry firm. And basically what that means is I help take care of trees in manners that other people don't think about when they think about tree care. So uh, my biggest, um, the biggest thing that I do is tree risk assessment. Uh, and that make, that's to make sure trees stay healthy and happy for a long time. And they are valuable assets in our urban environment. Well, who are your clients? Yeah, so I um, my biggest uh, my biggest source of revenue for this job is working with developers and engineers and architects, helping them plan um, plan their landscapes around the trees and like if they're going to build tree uh, build buildings around trees, work with them and you know making sure the tree is going to be a long term asset. Um, I have clients that you know the homes that I work at they're you know they're their second or third or fourth home. 
Um, and, you know, they have, a, they have a certain quality of life that they, they want to achieve at, you know, these the, the places that I work at, you know, in, in the low country in coastal Georgia. Um, and then sometimes I work with people that have worked their whole life and they want their dream house and they want their dream live oak and they have found a lot and they want it, they want to spend the rest of their life every morning drinking coffee and looking at a gorgeous live oak and I make sure that it's a doable dream for them. Yeah. And then I, um, you know, I work with, you know, developers that are that are putting in like, you know, uh, mall malls are really bad choice of words right now. But, you know, uh, retail shops and mm-hmm. and and industrial stuff. And, and, you know, we have these trees that have existed in these woods for uh, hundreds of years. And, you know, and now we're going to develop it. And, and, you know, I have an opportunity to to say, hey, you know, this is going to be a valuable asset long term. Um, you know, we can build employee, uh, recreation around that. So like, you know, if it's a, you know, prior to COVID, I could always say, well, you know, when the employees want to take a break from work, we can, they can go outside and sit underneath this tree and enjoy it and, you know, de-stress them and hopefully maybe make them more productive down the, down the road. So, um, I kind of do all that stuff. I even get involved with, um, expert witness, um, fun stuff, you know, going to courthouses and talking to attorneys and judges and juries and helping people understand the, the legal side of, of trees, if there is one. Um, and then, you know, then, then the resident, you know, I have tons of residents that I help, um, whether it's a, a neighbor issue, um, you know, my neighbor's tree or my neighbor's threatening to cut down my tree. Um, those conflict resolutions are always good. And then I have, Clients that have me come out every two to three years to inspect their trees, make sure that they're they're healthy and sound and performing the, the way that we want them to perform. Whether whether we have a tree that's flowering a certain way, making sure that it's continuing to flower, or um, you know, making sure that the, if the tree if the tree is you know a specimen, you know, making sure that it's healthy and and providing the benefits that they want them to provide in their their little landscape. Wow, you really have cut uh, carved out a really nice uh, nice career for yourself there. Sounds really rewarding. People want to come to the Low Country area, to the coastal area, to see the trees and to see them with the Spanish moss on them. So it, it actually is a, a tourist attraction as well for people for people to come. But now, is the live oak the Georgia State Tree? Yes, it is the state tree of Georgia, um, Quercus virginiana, um, and it is it can be found from uh, the lower end of the Delmarva Peninsula uh, on the Virginia side, hence the, the scientific name, and it can be found all the way to uh, about uh, East Texas, not quite. I um, they it will it can be planted out in Texas, but um, and there are variety there are local terms for live oak out in California and in the desert out in Texas as well. Um, but they are a completely different species um, out that way. So the, the the native live oak that everybody along the East Coast thinks about, especially in the South, that 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 is Quercus virginiana. And we are fortunate to have that down here. So and the and there's um, um, and it's 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 basically um, there's a zone, a USD zone that it will follow, and then it doesn't get much. It, it'll probably go inland as far as um, Statesboro, Georgia. It's just mm-hmm. really pushing that that far inland, um, kind of right before it kind of follows that fall line there. And you know you'll find it uh, in 
uh, Central Florida, you won't find it much further south naturally uh, than like Central Florida. So what, what is it that uh, this area has that makes it grow so well here? Well, we're, you know, it, it's, it's very interesting because not every, every plant needs some sort of cold period, um, you know, in, in, especially in the United States, uh, North America, uh, trees tend to need a, a, a cold period. Um, so we are, you know, we're, we're cold enough in the, in the wintertime where the buds can, you know, uh, sort of, they flip, they flip their lipids in the, uh, in the, um, in their buds, which is kind of an interesting thing to think about. But after that, that, that cold off period, you know, they're able to put on new growth, um, and everything like that. Um, the reason why we don't get it much further inland, say like Atlanta or, uh, Columbia or those big cities is that because we end up getting ice storms and those ice, ice storms do a number, they do a whole bunch of damage on these trees. Um, as strong as these trees are, they do not like ice and snow. And even though we do get the occasional snow flurry or, you know, accumulating snowfall, uh, even in Savannah, we'll, we're, you know, it doesn't stick around more than a day or two. But, you know, the, the extended cold and the extended ice, they just, they do not tolerate that. And then, um, you know, and, and they're, they're real tolerant of the sandy soils that we have here. So they do like, they do like well-drained soils. And, um, you know, with the amount of rainfall that we get um, throughout the year here and the soil types, it's just, it's just a good, um, it's, a, it's a good climate and a good um, area for them to grow. Well, if they like sandy soils, does that mean that the roots, um, do they grow very deep or are they more surface? And does that also mean that in hurricanes and things like that, that the tree won't have as much strength as a tree that grows in, say, stronger or more uh, dense soil? Yeah, so not necessarily like sandy, sandy, like beach sand, but like sandy, well-drained. But what, what every, what, people have to understand about trees is that tree roots need um, several, they need three things to survive. And they need, they need, obviously they need water and they need nutrients. But the other thing that they need is air. And if, if you, if you, um, if you get too deep into the soil, you don't have a good exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide. And typically we find all our tree roots within the top 24 inches of the soil. So, um, and that, and that's what going on. That's what happens And most, and, and especially in the coast where we have a higher water table, uh, or a brackish water table on the, on the barrier islands, those roots, uh, don't go very deep. They tend to stay on the top and, and the, to talk about hurricanes, um, it's a, it's a twofold effect on the, on the tree. We have a, um, the tree will develop and grow taper to make itself stronger. And if, if, if you ever have the opportunity to go to Hilton Head Island is probably one of the better examples of it, you know, as far as it, as far as a habitable island that is easily accessible, you'll, if you pay attention to the dunes out there, the dunes have been wind, wind pruned. And most of those are live oaks out that way. Um, and you'll see that these trees are short and squatty. Um, and that, you know, they'll be really tiny, you know, real skinny. And you'll say, oh, these trees aren't very old. But because of that wind and vibrating them, the trees will develop more rings on them. Um, and they'll have a denser, um, they'll have a denser uh, count of rings in an area. And that'll kind of help with 
with their rigidity and everything like that and help stand against the wind. And then the, the tree roots, the same thing too, with the constant exposure to wind, um, you know, the, the tree roots will have loads uh, placed on them and the tree will develop, um, develop wood in, in a manner that will allow them to anchor better into the soil. So, um, and then, then there's other, other failures within trees, like whole tree failures, sometimes are deal with root, root loss. Some of them deal with like soil failures too, as well. Um, so that it's, that, that is a whole nother three hour conversation about trees and wind and storms. But um, yeah, I was going to say that, that sounds like that may get a little deeper into an, uh, a further conversation, but now yep. you mentioned rings. So I've always heard that that's how you can tell how old a tree is, is by how many rings it has. So is that true? And then how old do uh, live oaks get to be? Yes, that that is true. But here's here's something that's very interesting. That is how old that tree was at that height. Oh. So if you were to cut a tree, you know, uh, if you had a hundred foot tall tree and you were to cut it at 50 feet up in the air, that's not necessarily half the age. But there will be less rings at the top up at that 50 foot mark than there would be at the bottom if you were to cut it just above the grade. Oh, I never knew that. I thought it was all the way through. Okay. But that yep. makes sense. Yeah. Yep. And then the other thing to think about too is the living part of the tree is the that area between the outer bark and the heartwood. We call that the cambium layer. And that is what generates the tree rings. And you know how you have a light ring and a dark ring and you typically only want to count one of those rings. Uh, your, your light ring is the, the wood that is made during the springtime. And then your dark ring is the wood that is made in the summertime. Hmm. And then to get, to answer your question about live oaks, and I, I, I encourage people to kind of use what we've always said, uh, live oak takes a hundred years to grow, a hundred years to live and a hundred years to die. So, you know, I've seen trees that are huge and they're probably three to 400 years old. Um, and I've been, I think I've been fortunate enough to see one that's probably close to like six or 700 years old. So is that tree in Georgia? Uh, yeah, there were a couple in Georgia and there was a couple in South Carolina that uh, I've got to see. And these, these trees tend to not be the, 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 the namesake trees. These are trees that are on private property. Um, or in private estates uh, that's not relatively open to the public. Um, you know, we have the we have the Candler Oak in Savannah, which is I think pushing pushing 200 years old, and that's that's a very large tree. Um, and then um, in Bluffton, I've been I think I believe it's called the Secession Oak. I've been fortunate enough to see that, and that's kind of off the beaten path. And if you know somebody in Bluffton, they'll be able to show it to you. Um, and then you have something like the angel oak and the, all those are, you know, up in Charleston, those are all visible to the public, but there's, again, there's, there's a, a ton of oak trees that are out there that, um, that are on private property. Um, and then there's also a, um, a society called the live oak society based out of Louisiana. And, um, what they do is, uh, they have, uh, uh, you can submit to join if you have a big if you have a big live oak in your yard and I've, I've done this with a couple of my clients we have measured the tree and we have submitted it and the tree gets registered um with that society oh okay. and um we have a uga professor who who adamantly says that he does not want to lose out to lsu so all the 
you know, all the UGA guys out there, let's uh, let's see what we can't do to have more trees in Georgia than they do out in Louisiana. Even those islands that we have uh, along up and down the coast, there's probably stuff in there that hasn't that we don't know about yet that's out there that could it would just be nice to have documented and everything kind of like a bragging rights more than anything. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I think. Yep. I mean, it's our state tree. So we, we need to have the, the most, the biggest and the, and the best ones. So yes. how, how large do they get? Uh, on, on the average, they will get, um, you know, they, they're, they're, you know, 80 feet tall, which is not a very tall tree. So they're more of a low squatty tree. And I've seen, I've measured trees up to 120 feet um, in diameter uh, as far as their crown. Um, and those are just, you know, that's just kind of like off the general average. So they'll, they'll grow no bigger than 80 to 90. It's very rare to see them over hundred feet in the uh, tall. Um, you know, most of them I've seen tend to be at, you know, 60 or 70. Uh, they will grow as wide as you let them. Um, you know, if they have enough nutrients, they'll, they'll probably push well to 200 feet wide and everything like that. So they'll, they'll, they'll keep pushing until the branch, till the, you know, branch, there's a genetic code that, that, and that'll the tell a tree how big it will get. So it'll go as wide as the resources around it will let it. Wow. And, um, I guess it's, you know, it has a little DNA there that. Yep. And that, and that's kind of like something that I'll even tell my clients with our, with our Georgia pines, like, oh, that pine trees, the tri the pine tree is too big. <laughs> and I say the pine tree will get as big as it wants to be. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just like we do. Yes. <laughs> as much well, I don't know. I, I need to stop. If I stop eating, I'm a, I won't get any bigger. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm done growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I'm done growing up too, but I wish I could really control that growing out. I'm, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> it, it's the uh, it's the annual rings that we put on ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spring and spring, summer, fall, and winter for yes. me. Um, <laughs> but now the Spanish moss, because this is a question that I hear people asking all the time: Why is there Spanish moss on the tree? Does the Spanish moss hurt the tree? Does it harm it in any kind of way? How is the Spanish moss benefiting from it? So what is this relationship between live oaks and Spanish moss? What, what, what is that all about? How, how did they meet up and get this relationship going? It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it, 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 that's a whole, that's a long talk too. But <laughs> um, so Spanish moss and live oaks, perfectly normal, perfectly happy, okay? Um, Spanish moss on a live oak does not bother me at all. A lot of Spanish moss on a live oak may bother me. Um, most of that has to do with competition. The, the tree gets its resources from leaves. So the more leaves that it has on it, the better off we're going to be. So when Spanish moss is too, uh, too prolific, it starts to shade out the tree and causes it to die. But then there's also another factor in that too. Maybe the tree is not as healthy as it should be and is not able to outcompete the Spanish moss too. So there's a double-edged sword. So if you do have Spanish moss in a tree, it's fine. If it looks like there's too much and you know you can you can take it out or whatever. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people think uh, a lot of people don't want Spanish moss. I have people that don't like Spanish moss in their tree. Uh, and then I have people that say I don't have enough. So I, I can't make everybody happy um, when it comes to that. And, and the reason why it varies is that um, the, the Spanish moss does not necessarily 
use much of any, hardly any nutrients from the, the tree itself. It's not parasitic. It's not like mistletoe. So, but the attachment to the bark, it will use bark, uh, some of the nutrients that, that it finds on the bark to help, help it grow. Um, you know, other than that, it, other than that, it just kind of hangs out um, and does what it does, which is, in my opinion, look pretty on trees. Yeah. Um, so there's, there, there's real no threat. Again, it's a balance. I, I would say it's a balancing act. If you have Spanish moss on a different tree, you know, the weight of it can impact it. Um, and, and can cause limbs to break. Um, but usually we find that the Spanish moss has overtaken that particular branch and it has died out anyway. Uh, with, with live oak, the beauty part about this particular wood is that this tree, um, when a branch dies, the way the chemicals are stored in the plant, it, it's very rot resistant. So, and it's a very dense wood uh, when it does, um, when it does go to storage, so to speak, when they, when they start storing the chemicals in there. So it doesn't, because it doesn't decompose and it's very dense, it's very strong. So Spanish moss, you'll see a bunch of Spanish moss on the interior on dead branches um, and everything like that. So it, it's um, perfectly normal, perfectly healthy to have that on your trees. So, and again, if, they, if the, one of the listeners says, I think I have too much, then contacting an arborist to, to evaluate the, um, the relationship there, that would probably be the best, the best course of action. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it because uh, again, I think that's part of that sort of uh, Southern romance that people picture about yes. the low country is the big live oak trees, the Spanish moss hanging on it. And just, you know, those uh, live oak limbs then also too, with the kind of gnarly kind of look that it has with the Spanish moss. Yeah, I mean, you just don't see it anywhere else. I mean, it's definitely something that is special to us, so. No, yeah, we have a, um, we, we have a special place, uh, a, a certain magic to our area uh, that you will not find you know, I mean, I know we, I know you can find live oak everywhere and there's, there's that, there's, there's mysteries about it. And um, I mean, Savannah and Charleston, the mysteries of the town. And if you meet the right people, the stories that you would hear uh, the stuff that goes on, um, you know, and some of the, some of the stories that, that I've heard in North, North Florida and out in Alabama as well. But, um, but I think, I think the, the imagery of the live oak and Spanish moss only adds to the, the mystery that is um, the coastal empire and the low country. I agree with you, I agree on that. And another thing that I like too on the live oak trees is the resurrection fern. I mean, I think that that is just beautiful, especially after a rainstorm and it's all, you know, popping green again. Yep, and it, like yep, and it, has, it has resurrected. <laughs> Yes, it has resurrected. It's bad. It is. It is it, it's terrible to climb on. Um, you, uh, you don't want to climb those trees when that, that stuff is nice and green and fleshy. But it is, It is again, it is pretty. And again, you don't, it, it's, with what I do, I always notice it, even when it's dormant and when it has dried out. Um, but when, yeah, you do get that, especially a, a good a good soaking rain. And as long as the sun's not out yet and um, <laughs> yeah. not ready to, to oppress us with the humidity, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's nice. I do like the resurrection fern there too, as well. Mm -hmm. I'm like you too. I, I, I even like it when it's not green, when it's kind of brown and mm -hmm. you don't know what it is. You're kind of wondering, why is it, does the tree have that on it? What's, what's going on? But uh, then after that rainstorm, there it is, it's, it's back again. But now, um, 
Let's talk a little bit about, about the trees and kind of the history of them. Have the trees in the past been used for things, uh, building boats or ships, you know, especially back, you know, during the days when that was, you know, a main mode of transportation and, you know, all the activity that took place, you know, up and down that coast from, you know, Florida, uh, all the way up, you know, to, you know, to the Northeast, you know, yeah. was the wood used for that? Was it strong enough for those type of things, for homes, for furniture? Yeah, so the original, like, idea behind live oak uh, use and everything like that was in uh, ship making. And the curvature of the wood um, and how the grain laid was integral and important in creating the ribs of the boat. And I know I'm saying that wrong when I say that, but... Um, but there's there's certain certain parts of the boat that require certain angles to be met, um, and then it, you also have to think about the technology of how the technology we have to build things now, and compared to the technology we had to build in the 17 and uh, 16 and 1700s when we were, were harvesting these trees, it's it wasn't the same. So these boat these uh, ship builders had to measure branches. Um, and make sure that it met certain curvatures so they would, you know, look for certain parts of it. And the, and the great thing about live oak, like I said, it's not, it's not very susceptible to rot. Um, so, you know, from the outside of a tree, we don't know if there's any defects in it, um, you know, without any type of testing. But now, you know, if it, if it were to match, the chances of live oak being rotten to the point on the, on the inside of it, um it was rare so you know it made it, it made a good made a good selection the like modern uses now for the live oak is a little a little different um you know when when we're learning about the benefits of trees and the products that you can get from trees you know we we talk about like pine trees we get plywood uh two by fours you know, housing material, we can buy, you know, we can buy maple for our, for guitars and furniture and the veneer. Live Oak doesn't really have a huge market demand now, um, as far as wood products are concerned. Um, again, because it's so dense, um, it's very difficult to work with it. You can ask any, any guy that operates a chainsaw, it will doll out your, your chain pretty quick. Um, what I like to think that these trees, the products that these trees provide for us now is, is a whole bunch of other stuff that you just can't buy. Um, there are specialized woodworkers now that use the wood for wood turning for whatever reason, you can create um, specialty pieces of furniture out of the wood, um, but you can't, there's no mass market like they're, like the ship buildings, uh, like buildings of ship ships back in, uh, you know, the 17 and 1800s. Mm -hmm. um, now, now I see that the uses that we can get out of these live oaks is uh, the environmental benefits of it. So where else can you find a tree, one tree that's going to grow 120 feet in diameter and provide that much shade and reduce that much uh, rain infiltration and help slow, uh, slow all that rain from coming down and sequester that much carbon? Um, and then the next thing you're going to know is where can you find a tree that will, that is that big, that's going to make so much, so many acorns, um, and provides huge benefit to wildlife, whether it's your, the squirrels in your backyard, um, or the deer on your property. Um, you know, if we could pick, pick the spectrum and then everything in, in between all that, and then where else can you find 
a a tree that provides bird habitat um, that covers a you know, different layers of, you know, low strata and mid strata and upper strata. Um, and then, you know, where else would you, where else would you rather park on a hot summer day than underneath a live oak? Yeah. So the, the economic value of having these trees in our urban landscape is huge. Um, because those are, those are the places that you're going to, if you, if you go shopping, if you work, if you're going to go to work, you know, you, the last thing you want to do is walk after a long day of work, you want to sit out there, you know, your car is going to be hot. You want to park on, park in the shade. You're going to, you're going to try to grab the, the shady, shady spot, you know? So those, those are the, those are the products and uses that I, I feel that we get out of these trees now more than ever. Um, you know, and I don't think you're going to find another tree that can, that can compete as far as you, you won't find one in our area that will, will do, will provide as many uh, plus benefits to the environment and to people than the live oak. I agree wholeheartedly with yeah. you on that. Now, are, are there any projects, any conservation type projects that are going on for live oaks? Yeah, so the, the conservation of live oaks, uh, as far as the work that I've done, is done at a municipal level. Um, you're, the municipalities have changed um, and understand the importance of trees, which makes my job in makes my job easier and more in demand. Um, so uh, your, your, your towns like Bluffton, Savannah, Beaufort, uh, even Pooler, um, Richmond Hill, Darien, um, you know, St. Simons Island and Charleston, all these, all these municipalities are changing the way that we are using our land and they're requiring our, our developers, these developers to identify and do what is necessary to, to either preserve the tree or uh, pay into a tree fund. Um, so when, when an opportunity arises to do it, to save it, that, that's, that's one end of it. The other, the other side of it is working with nonprofit tree organizations like the Savannah Tree Foundation and um, the Golden Isles Fund for Trees. Those are the two, uh, two resources in Georgia. But those those are those are those are not the nonprofits that are going out and working um, to just educate people on trees mm -hmm. and to be advocates for trees as a whole. Um, so and and then as far as like project projects, um, anytime I'm involved in a project, if I'm developing it, and I either I get called out because they have a big live oak and they want it to work in their landscape, or I discover a tree. And I said, I think you should use that to work in your landscape. Um, so I guess I guess it's a lot of little battles and not like a, a bunch of it's not a bunch of big big battles. It's all the little all the little battles that we can win. Because um, I know not every tree's not every tree can get saved, but if if I you know fight every for every little one that I can or make a suggestion to somebody to say, hey, wait, let's let's work on saving this tree here. You know, those are the those are the preservations of the of the larger trees, and then also understanding that when we do plant new trees, uh, especially live oak, putting them in an area that we can we can turn around and go, yeah, that that tree has performed very well and is growing is growing leaps and bounds better than other trees, and you know that, and then you know, 100 years from now, when somebody else is talking about live oaks, um, they can say, oh, they they did a good job, you know, back in the the 2020s. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the thing too, Mike, is that, you know, it's those little steps 
a lot of times they get us to the big successes. So I agree wholeheartedly with you that sometimes we feel like, well, oh, that's such a big battle right there. But if we take each step at a time, you know, we look back and we've accomplished a lot more than we thought that we could. Yeah, as as develop as as a as a human, we're always going to want to develop and turn, um, you know, turn 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 the nature to the way we want it. Um, and, and that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that, you know, mm -hmm. and then, but it's our job at, to be stewards of the land um, and to use it appropriately um, and not, not mismanage it. So, you know, we have to use it, you know, it's given to us by God to use. He said, go out and use it. You know what I mean? To yeah. paraphrase. Mm -hmm. um but he also said be a be a steward of it so i mean we we name everything i mean nothing had a name until we put a name on it so obviously if we sure. if we put a name on it it had some importance to somebody somewhere it's 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 you know it's important even like water and air we named it for a reason okay. <laughs> so exactly. let's 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 be stewards of it let's use it and use it responsibly and if we find if we find a gem Let's hold on to it. And, and if we can share it with the world and, you know, if not, we, we keep it to ourselves and know that it's going to be there even longer, you know, along those lines there. Well, you speak of, you know, you know, sharing it as well, because these trees are so beautiful. And as we've said a couple of times uh, during our conversation here, I mean, that's why people want to come to, <laughs> to the areas that want to see the trees. They want to see the Spanish moss. And if they know about the resurrection firm, they're asking about that. So one of my favorite places to see just trees lined along a road is at Wormslow. Um, to yeah. go there, I mean, it's, it's a picturesque kind of setting. You know, I know a lot of people go there to do selfies, take family pictures. And uh, I've even seen pictures on, on, on social media where someone's getting engaged, you know, down the avenue. So are there some other places? I mean, I know Cumberland Island. I was just over there a couple of days ago. I mean, some beautiful trees there on that island. So any other places? We are a travel show. So we want to encourage people to kind of go sure. and check out so yeah. and see that beauty and appreciate it as well. As far as like allays like that, Wormslow hands down has the best live oak allay that you will find anywhere. Um, what I would encourage people to do if they were to travel is to um, check out Bonaventure Cemetery, mm, yeah, and then and the, and not necessarily do do check out the ghost and you know go have fun with that uh, by all means go have fun with the ghost and try to try to go see uh who you can out there but what i would do is there's a there's a few spots along the bluff there that you know that are that are off the beaten path a little bit and and just kind of appreciate that how that that interaction between and that that serenity that you feel that you know here are these here are these souls that have been put the rest here and you know if they get if you get a waterfront gravesite <laughs> yeah um the the peace i have i've taken lots of lunches out there probably more than i should have as far as lunches but i've taken lots of time to sit there and relax during the middle of a hectic day and realize how how peaceful it is so bonaventure cemetery would be one of those to check it out mm -hmm. i would also um if you get a chance and it's not as picturesque as that but old town bluffton and, and 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 i don't mean the you know the shops that are down there or the promenade um gonna kind of walk off the beaten path a little bit there's there's some big trees um 
that are being worked around right now um and and they might be close to being wrapped up too but you know there's some bigger trees on some uh private property that you can view from the street um and then the just even if you're in a car uh there are some big trees on these uh they're they're gonna hate me when i say this but there are some big trees on the south south end of wilmington island um and and again there there's a park there so you can take those in there it's a, it's a recreational park um but there are some bigger trees over there um darien has some beautiful darien an old fishing village it has a it has some older trees there that you'll be able to take in and and view there saint simon's um you want to be uh near the uh near the pier um there's several big live oaks there um, and the, the town and the community are working to try to save. They're nearing, nearing a point in life where they're starting to see the stresses from being up against the salt water. Uh, but do check that out. If you get a chance, go check out the, how amazing they are when we talked about how dead they are um, and the decay that, and how long they last. But there's a, a tree cemetery on Jekyll Island. Right. Um, and I, I, that, that to me, knowing how I know how these trees are capable of withstanding, just to go check out these trees that have been there for, for a long time and then see how, um, even though, even though they're dead, but how that wood is able to stand up against that, that, that heart, that hearts, those harsh conditions of saltwater spray and, and waves and everything. Um, and then, you know, just, uh, Get get off of get get off of ninety five, get off of seventeen, and find a two lane country road, um, and uh, you know take take a look at that. There's some spots right off of Darien that have some big trees that you have to take a side road to drive around. Um, yeah, I think it's ninety nine. I think that's right out out of Darien that has uh, some live oaks that are like right in the center. When you go around those, I just I love that scenery. Yeah, I mean, and in Savannah we're we're losing those trees that used to be in the middle of the street. Mm. Um, and it's, 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 it's sad, but it's part of life. It's a, you know, it's a living creature. So eventually it will, it will have to be cut down, but um, you know, go find, finding those, uh, finding those places uh, are interesting because here you're driving all of a sudden you got to turn off, you got like stop, you know, kind of stop and make sure there's no oncoming traffic to go around this tree. That was right in the middle like who would who would put a tree in the middle of the road and then you, then you got to realize who would put a who would put a street in front of this tree that's what you should be asking exactly exactly the tree was there first yeah. and there, there there are some there are some places out um out in like claxton or again outside fort stewart when you get onto these small uh, small country uh, towns and in these little squares that they have um, now they're not as impressive as Savannah and that has nothing to do with anything other than Savannah just planted has a longer program longer urban forestry program mm -hmm. in the area than anybody else but a lot of these smaller um, counties um, you know they have their squares and they have um you know, they have their trees. They either they some of them would do magnolias around the corners. Some of them will do live oaks. Um, they'll redo that. Take a take a trip out to um, out in Bryan County and go down um, 
the Fort McAllister and just kind of check it, check things out. There's uh, Skidaway Island at the state park. I mean, there's, there's, there's a whole bunch of trees. You can see how they interact with people and how we've interacted with them. Mm. Um, you know, get Saint, it did say St. Simons. Um, if you get a chance to see, if you can get on sea Island, go, go to sea Island and, and enjoy sea Island too, as well. Cause they've, they've, they, they've done, they've done good work down there and protecting everything. And, um, and I know, I know, I'm, I know that there's way more other places out there than this. And if, if there's a, if people are able to put their input into it, I, I would encourage it, but um, they're, they're everywhere. Um, Absolutely. And just yeah. an opportunity to also grow an appreciation, especially with young kids, taking them, you know, to see these magnificent trees and understanding how important they are. That, that, that's all fine and dandy, but when your dad does it for a living, you don't want to hear about it anymore. <laughs> My, well, I, I had an opportunity. To, I, I enjoy talking to kids. Um, I never thought I would, as 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 a younger man, um, and then even I, I never just. I was like, oh, there's no way I would ever talk to kids. But for me to spend, uh, you know, 20 minutes talking to kids about trees, and it's more than just, you know, it's more than just like, you know, uh, the science part behind it. It's it's everything else because there there's a small ecosystem in those trees. And if you can, if you can, you know, if you get lucky enough, you can find all kind of crazy stuff that's going on inside trees. And then you can show them, you know, different flowers and, you know, why, why, why are these, why are pine cones, pine cones? And can you eat pine cones, pine nuts? Can you, and then, you know, what, it, what, why, why do we have, why is there sap on this tree and not on the other tree? And then, you know, that go back to the Spanish moss thing and, you know, what, what is important about that and how is, how is that related to a pineapple? Um, and again, you just, at the end of the day, all I really hope the, the kids walk away with is that the live oak is the state tree of Georgia. Yeah. So, um, but it, it, it is fun. I think, you know, some kids, some kids really like it. You know, they like the idea of being in the woods and being in touch with nature that way and, and seeing, you know, um, seeing the same tree on a same on the same tree. We can I can I can grab one leaf and it can be as big as your face and then I can grab another leaf and it'll be as big as your hand off the same tree. And then kind of that that ah, that's I've never thought about it like that. You know, that doesn't happen with live oak. Live oaks have the same size generally the same size leaves throughout so and that's 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 very unique to that particular tree um because it's it's if you ever get when you stand underneath underneath a live oak it's an umbrella effect and um most most trees with the exception of pine trees but most trees create what we call a sun leaf and a shade leaf and that has to do with grabbing as much photosynthesis, uh, uh, photo light, light photos that we can. So uh, a shade tree, shade leaf will be bigger to grab more sunlight and a and produce the same amount of photosynthesis material, photosynthate material out of it. And then a sun leaf will be smaller, but it'll still produce as much uh, glucose and everything like that, photosynthate material, um, because it doesn't have to look for as much sun. It doesn't have to grab as much sun. So, but a live oak, a live oak has all its leaves on the outside. Um, naturally, and, and those and those leaves uh, shed a uh, fall in the spring as opposed to the fall, right? Yes, at, yeah. at, you can you can set your watch to St. Patrick's Day in Savannah, 
by the live oak leaves. Mm. So they will fall um, with the exception of a few years, which I've been, I've been wrong lately. I don't like being <laughs> wrong. I don't like being wrong with the trees, but you can set your watch pretty darn close to when St. Patrick's Day is going to happen. And you can do that when the leaves fall. So the live oak leaves tend to fall uh, February and they typically will fall uh, three, three to four weeks before St. Patrick's Day. And then, um, and then, and then the, the, the new ones will be out and set and bright green by St. Patrick's Day in Savannah. Yeah. Um, and I know this because every year those leaves would fall and it would be a mess in town in Savannah. And I was like, there's no way they're going to clean this place up and get all these leaves out of here or they're going to be all gone before St. Patrick's Day. And sure enough, that the, the city gets it done. But that's how I've always timed it. Yeah. Um, and a live oak is actually considered a um, evergreen, broadleaf evergreen. Um, and there, there are a few of them that we have, um, but that's the most famous one. And, you know, it it does drop its it does drop it, drop its leaves, but it only does it um, in the uh, late winter, early spring. Mm -hmm. And it uh, sounds like they come back pretty quickly. They do. They do not. Um, what, what will happen is, is that they will. Uh, they will pull the nutrients out of the old leaf, put it into the bud at, almost at the same time. And so when, when the leaf is draining into the bud, um, the bud is starting to expand. And then when the leaves expand, it'll drop, it'll shed the old leaves. Mm. So that way it has the appearance of an evergreen. Of an evergreen. Oh, that's, mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. So it, 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 it'll, it'll, it'll fully defoliate, mm -hmm. but it'll, it'll be so fast that it won't look like, you know, it won't look like fall, you know, it'll, it'll happen pretty, pretty fast in, in trees, in tree terms. Mm -hmm. Whereas a, whereas a pine tree will put on new leaf, put on new needles and then the needles will be set out and then it will drop. It'll cast its needles off. So live oak's just a little, little different where they'll drop it real quick and then the leaves go into what we call leaf expansion. Now, give me some information on how people can contact you uh, if they, you know, after listening to this, they're like, well, you know what? I want Mike to come out and give me a hand with my trees uh, in my yard. Sure. I guess the best way uh, would probably be either be email or phone call. Uh, I do have a website. It's Osabaw Consulting, O-S-S-A-B-A-W Consulting.com. Um, I am not a, uh, I'm not a tech guy. I'm a tree guy. <laughs> so my website is very, very rudimentary and has my information on there. So they can either, they can either contact me through that or they can reach me directly um, at, uh, at my work cell phone number, which is 912-658-8833. Uh, or they can email me at awesobaconsulting at gmail.com. So okay. that is the best way to get a hold of me. Very good. Well, this is so informative. I've learned a lot from our conversation. So I know folks listening to it will, will learn a lot as well. I just, but as far as the live oak is concerned, I want, um, if we could walk away with anything, I guess I would want everybody to realize how how important it is to protect our gems that we have and and not to have a fear of these things um these these plants are wonderful and they're strong 
and they they do way more than we realize and um if you could do anything to make my life easier um would be to find a spot in your yard and make sure you plant the right tree out there and if it if it is a live oak plant a live oak and if it's not a live oak um then plant something that will that will do well so i just you know they're they're part of our our environment for a reason and we need to we need to keep it keep it that way um i just wouldn't have it any other way i, I don't know how you can be an arborist in the desert <laughs> <laughs> you can't <laughs> no no well we we probably could somebody will say yes there are trees out there but the area that we live in the area that we call home uh is is supposed to have trees everywhere it's supposed to be the it, this this needs to be the savannah is one of the greenest cities that anybody can live in um and you know your neighborhood needs to be the greenest neighborhood that you can live in so plant a tree even if it's a fruit tree it'll provide somebody with some benefit down the road even if it's not you even if you're like oh, i'll never see it grow i'll never see it grow you know just plant it it's not for me and it's not for you it's for everybody else in the future to enjoy Fascinating information that Mike shared with us. It is amazing to see how important the trees are to our everyday life and really just to our enjoyment as well, both things. A very special thank you to Mike Palvis with Asaba Consulting and to the Georgia Department of Natural Resources. For more information about the U.S. Mint State and Commemorative Quarters, check out their website, usmint.gov. And don't forget to subscribe to Quarter Miles Travel so that you will have all of the updates of upcoming shows. This is Anita Thomas, host of Quarter Miles Travel, saying thank you very much for joining me with this conversation all about the live oak trees, Georgia State tree. And also, look in your pockets and in your sofa cushions, and there you might find a quarter. Flip it over, and Quarter Miles Travel will take it from there. We'll help you turn that quarter into an adventure.